Hey there, Miss Snyder. Hey, Mrs. Navidad. What are you up to today? Oh, you know, just talking about some domains, some research methods. Sounds like an exciting day. It's pretty exciting, if you ask me. <laughs> what are some main points for today? We're going to talk about the different types of domains or careers in the psychology field, which is super interesting because I wanted to do about half of them and ended up doing none. So amazing. <laughs> We're also going to talk about how you can differentiate different types of psychological research. Then we'll shift over to that research methods side, look at what an operational definition is and why they're so important. Uh, to psychology and the strengths and weaknesses of different research methods. Sounds like we got a lot to do. Sounds like we do. Well, then let's get to it. Welcome, Welcome to, to AP, AP Psych! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basic research and applied research. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're okay. good. <laughs> That's it. That's all That's I have it. to say. Um, okay, so there's two different like types of. Well, no, there's methods of research, and then there's what would you call these types of research? Categories. Cate yeah, categories. Um, so if you think about like not a Venn diagram, but like a, a a web, right? And you have a starting point of like what research is, and it breaks off into two. Uh -huh. things and then you have basic research and applied research and then from there you get like subcategories okay so okay okay yeah i'm following if, you now if i if you can see my hands which you can't you so. not a visual medium <laughs> so i guess that, <laughs> that purpose. <laughs> but under research we have basic research and applied research and then from there we'll talk about different subfields in both okay so basic research is basically the data of like you know, like right it's it's just like collecting data and getting that knowledge that scientific knowledge and then applied research is just applying that data like using it to solve a problem yeah absolutely the way i like to think about it is that the e the end goals for each of them mm -hmm. so basic research your end goal is to publish it you want to show what data you found the end goal in applied research is, like you said, you're solving a problem. You applied researchers are more working with people. Mm. Um, not that basic research doesn't use people in their experiments, but they're like taking a person that has a problem and helping them in applied research. So there's a real quick tornado coming through. If, if you can hear that, we apologize, hopefully. Maybe we need some soundproof. So much for soundproof rooms. Somebody lied to us. Anyway. Oh, it's getting hotter. Oh, she's moving a desk. That's what it um. is. <laughs> That's what we get for working in a school. There's no silent room. No. Nope. Like, we just can't find one. Nope. They, they don't exist. They don't exist. Um, okay, so basic research subfields. Now, there's only six of them, which is nice. I feel like there's like a thousand applied research. Yeah, at one point today I was like, don't worry, we only have six left. <laughs> so we broke it up into, for yesterday, I was like, we broke it up into two slides. And I was like, three. Three. We broke it up into three slides. It's okay. Um, so basic research. 
um, some of these words we've already seen before, right? They look like mm-hmm. perspectives, but we're just talking about like how, or I'm sorry, we're just talking about like how, yeah, how they collect like research and what they do with that. So biological, wait, real quick, biological perspective. What does that cover? What? Biological perspective. Oh, it covers like the neurons in your brain, that network connection, your neurotransmitters, how things operate in there on a like functional basis. Right. I wasn't quizzing you. I I feel like (laughs) I was put on the spot. I'm so sorry. But in a basic research for biological basic research, they're just analyzing the connection between the mind and body. Your description was really good, though. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. For developmental, they're looking at study, uh, they study how behavior and mental processes change over a lifespan, how you develop. Wow, it's amazing. It's all. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? I know what's going on. (laughs) Spotify that has not worked all day just turned on. No way. <laughs> I forgot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How does it work in the dungeon of all places? That's hilarious. That was so shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought for a second that it was your ringtone. <laughs> I thought it was my phone. I was like, why is my phone playing? Like, I was looking for it. Like, did I yeah. accidentally hit it? No. Nope. Um, and what's funnier is that I was about to click that button because you made a joke, and I was just... Uh, <laughs> I also <laughs> did think it was the machine. <laughs> Somehow. Okay. Anyway. I can't recover from that, so... <laughs> can you... Cognitive. That's yep. also a perspective where it's more into, like, thinking, so it makes sense that the subfield, the basic research for cognitive studies, how we perceive and think and solve problems, right? So it kind of fits. Educational, do you do basic research as an educator? Yeah. Every single day? Every single day. And every time we interact with a student, we do educational research. We're collecting data. All of the data, 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 data. And you're collecting data on us as teachers. Hmm saying what kind of teachers do I like what don't I like what kind of teaching methods do I like it's you know boiling human interaction down to just scientific equations data 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 Um, but so studies influences on teaching and learning super short sweet and to the point on that one yep Personality investigates our persistent traits, so those things that make up your consistent personality. Yep, and then social explores many ways in which people influence one another. Oh, Wow, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. So what about the applied research? Applied research subfields. These are the people that you're going to see like working in you know the community or out and about kind of 
So first we've got industrial organizational psychologists, and they study and advise on behavior in the workplace. So they're going to give those seminars, those professional developments about how to make a workplace more productive, how to make your employees happier during the holidays, like those kind of things. Um, that sound, I just said them as if they're cheesy, but they're actually psychological. Um, there's psychological evidence behind them. And then with sports, they work with athletes to help them maximize their performance. I had a PE teacher that would, like, she studied sports psychology, and it was, like, really cool. That was my number one really? job choice when I was 12. When you were 12? Yep, because my mom had a friend who worked for the Steelers and the Penguins as a sports psychologist, and I was like, I want to do that. Obviously. And the she two worst teams, but. feel like there are other teams you hate more, but that's okay. Um, Maybe. At least not in hockey. Fine. I can't really say anything. I act like I know everything about sports. What's I the one thing you know about the Penguins? Crosby's a crybaby. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they work with athletes, especially ones that are under a lot of pressure in their performance. Think about those like individualized performances, like in tennis, or if you're a goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and need to like really bounce back quickly from bad performances. Or even when they get injured. Like, yes. I always think about that one basketball player, and I do not know his name. <gasps> oh, but you know exactly what I'm talking about? I, like on Easter? Whose like, foot went backwards. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, well, whoever this man is that I'm talking about, like, I, if I were him, I would have needed all the all the therapy in the world just to go back on the court. Do you remember on Easter the one year? the guy's bone went through his leg. Ew, I do remember. And it was, like, in the air. Like, outside of his... It was so gross. <laughs> That's who I thought you were talking okay, about. Okay, no, I was talking about the guy whose foot, like, went... Maybe we're talking about... No, we're not talking no. about the same guy. Anyway, um, school... In schools, they use applied research um, to solve problems within teaching and learning. Now, this is kind of hard because we have a school psychologist, and most schools mm-hmm. do, but it's different because, like, they're looking at, like, they're talking to students and, like, you know, solving problems in, like, life, not just in school. But somebody who uses research, educational research in a school setting, they're trying to solve problems, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe this. Like they're trying to solve problems within the school itself, not just like an individual's life. Right. So if there are issues with, that's a sound I do not like, and I hope you're not hearing. It sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Just in case you were wondering. Yeah, it does. Um, so like if there's an issue between a a teacher and a student, mm-hmm. or an ability to learn, um, they're gonna or communicate within school that's what you're kind of going to focus on there yeah exactly and then everybody's favorite forensic psychologist. oh wait sorry school oh, sorry. psychologist was the second career that i wanted forensic was the third gotcha you did want half of them i wanted so many of them wow yeah well what makes forensic psychology so cool It's applied to legal issues. <laughs> the Are you going to say something more profound? <laughs> uh, no, just going straight definitions here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the principles that are applied to legal issues 
and that's where you'll get into like the true crime and stuff yeah the cool stuff cool stuff the cool stuff and then environmental is an interaction of individuals with their natural and built environments and then how we're influenced and affected by those environments which is really cool like i feel like i've never heard of an environmental psychologist i don't think i have either yeah i think that's so that really is very cool really niche kind of thing yeah so then we've got health psychologists this is promoting uh, health and preventing disease so they help individuals lead healthier lives in all aspects of living healthier including like helping you with addictions like smoking or vaping losing weight getting more sleep they're there to really help all aspects mm-hmm. and like psychologists can work in media too in different ways and health kind of makes me think of that like i know when we were well you're younger than i am but when we were like in high school and mm-hmm. middle school and we were watching mtv with our friends at sleepovers at two o'clock in the morning every other ad was stop smoking mm-hmm. thing, right and so like that whole idea was to like get our generation to stop smoking which i feel like statistically that's been proven true because they try to scare us like you're gonna die a really terrible death if mm-hmm. you do that and then we sw- i mean we didn't but <laughs> people switched to vaping instead or e-cigarettes so and have you seen now the commercials they don't come up maybe they come up on tv but like on snapchat or on instagram you'll see like the depression stick mm-hmm. have you seen that <gasps> yes that's a vape yeah I have seen that. Yeah. I guess I don't I don't keep up with y'all and your cool hip new things, so I don't watch like TV and I'm not watching I just said it, it's on Snapchat and Instagram. Okay, so maybe I don't go on Snapchat. Okay. Well you can and I have seen it on Instagram. But I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well I'm not as yeah. cool as you guys. Anyway. anyway. This word is longer than what it should be. What? neuropsychologists yeah i feel like that's a really like it there's so many letters in that there is but it's it's pretty phonetically okay oh no i agree well no psychologist is not phonetically so yeah neuro is fine though yeah neuro is fine and i'm not saying it's a hard word for saying you don't want it's too long yeah yeah uh neuropsychologists look at the structure and function of brain relationship to behavior so they're going to assess diagnose and treat cns disorders which are our central nervous system disorders that's something that is more in a different unit so if you're like wait i want to know more about that like we will don't worry we will um what's an example of a central nervous system disorder alzheimer's and strokes are both examples of central nervous system disorders so that's what our neuropsychologists are going to work with yeah so that assessing seeing what it is diagnosing and then hopefully treating one day that'd be cool mm-hmm. and then rehabilitation is working with people who have lost optimal functioning after an accident illness or other event last three last three okay, i'll start with c's community counseling clinical which ones which one would you like to start with well let's start with community okay um because community is the last one that was not on my job list both counseling and clinical were but 
community is also pretty cool. If I knew about it, probably would have liked that. Community psychologists uh, focus on broad problems of mental health in community settings. Um, this is when be human behavior is influenced by interaction between people and environments. So community psychologists are going to go in and try and give them preventable measures and do some crisis intervention. So when you have like a natural disaster, like after Katrina in New Orleans specifically that got hit so hard, you'd have community psychologists go in to try and help people cope with what had happened, what they had lost, because that affected the entire community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And counseling is probably, I mean, there's a few that we've probably heard of and like are familiar with, but I think counseling is another one of those where it helps people cope with academic, vocational, and then marital challenges. Um, so like a school counselor can help you mm -hmm. cope with academics. Um, and then last but not least, clinical. clinical. Mm. Study, assess, assess, and treat people with psychological disorders. But they do not, do, do not, do not, do not, do not prescribe medication. Who does prescribe medication? A psychiatrist. Gotcha. So a clinical psychologist has a PhD, which mm -hmm. is a doc doctorate degree in psychology. That's yes. That's what that stands for. There's different doctoral degrees. There's an educational um, degree, right, a doctoral degree in education, and then there's a medical degree, mm -hmm. which is what a psychiatrist does. Yeah. So clinical psychologists only treat patients with psychotherapy. So that's just the, you know, stereotypical ghost lay on the couch. How does this make you feel today? Which is not actually how therapy is at all. Um, but that's the clinical psychologist. Psychiatrists can do that also, but they can also prescribe drugs. I don't know that there are any psychiatrists who only prescribe drugs. I would hope not. Because, like, the whole idea behind getting prescriptions to help treat something that, like, it's like let's go with depression, for mm -hmm. example. The whole idea of getting a prescription to help cure depression isn't just to, like, put a Band-Aid on and say, like, oh, I hope it goes away. Like, a good psychiatrist should be, like, going through those psychotherapies with you first. And then if there's, like, a true chemical imbalance, then, like, using those drugs in addition to the psychotherapies. Like, they work to, they should be working together. They shouldn't be two separate entities. Absolutely. I agree. So also with clinical psychologists, even though they cannot go that extra step and prescribe that medication, if they believe that that is another step that you should take, they can send a note to your primary care doctor or to another doctor and say, I, I have been seeing this patient. I recommend that they go on this medication. Mm -hmm. So they are able to recommend. They're just not able to give you the actual prescription. Right. Exactly. That's it. That's our, well, that's it for domains. Don't get crazy. But in the same kind of realm are research methods. So that's, I mean, same realm because we're talking about research. Sure. So, I mean, domains are all about jobs, but, like, we're talking about, like, what they do to, oh, sorry. Uh, we talk about, like, ha what they use in terms of, like, what it is that they're looking at. 
So let's talk about, there's three main research methods yep. that we use in psychology. Yep. Yep. Um, descriptive, which describes things. Wow. Yep. Really uh, descriptive research, our questions are going to be what, when, where, who. Love it. Yeah. You're yeah. just... You're just looking for the facts. Just look at the facts. No emotion behind it. Nope. No, like, oh, I'm assuming none of that. We are looking for the facts in descriptive research. Mm -hmm. There are three types of descriptive research. There's case studies, naturalistic observations, and then surveys. I think we're all pretty familiar with surveys. Yes. Um, I would say in education, we do a lot of case studies and naturalistic observations, whether we do it on purpose or not. Um, but do we want to describe just briefly, really quick, a case study and a naturalistic observation? Sure. So a case study is going to take one unique experience and, or a rare experience and study one person about that experience kind of thing. So... The guy who had the rod go through his frontal lobe. Hopefully that's a rare thing, right? But we want to see how that affected him. So we're, they're going to study that person for the rest of Phineas Gage. They're going to study him for the rest of his life to see how this is going to affect him. And then the naturalistic observation is, I mean, really just what it sounds like. It's like looking at either a person or a group of people in a natural setting and then like describing and like seeing through descriptive research like what it is that they're doing if that makes sense yeah yeah um and then we i'm sure we've all taken surveys yep. all the time who knew what a survey is naturalistic observations and case studies can go on for like you said like whole lifespan mm -hmm. um not not usually but they can they go on for a long time though they're in the surveys are just like they seem like forever but they're really quick pretty quick pretty quick in relation yeah speaking of relation oh, hey. hey i know that was awful but i had to do it because correlational research identifies a relationship between two variables this may lead to predicting behavior, but can we be sure that that behavior is going to happen, Mrs. Navidad? No, no, no. Why? Because it's not a cause and effect. It is not a cause and effect. It's a correlation. So it does not mean that there is causation. Exactly. Just correlation does not equal causation. Yes. Know that. Know that. Lock it in. Never forget it. What is it? Correlation doesn't equal causation. Where did I get that? No, I got it. Oh. You said, what is it? You said, don't forget it. Oh, I thought you were joking. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're all in trouble now that we have sound effects. <laughs> oh, I have a new feature, too. That I oh, told let's you. go. So, I don't know how we're going to use it, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then our last one is experimental research. This is where we can say that there's a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, because we're going to manipulate our variables. We're going to isolate them to figure out what is causing. I think 
this is like the number one thing we think of when we think of research. Yes. Um, conducting an experiment, having independent and dependent variables, and having something constant and then changing one thing somewhere else and seeing if that change makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So that's what this is. It, it's like a typical experiment that you do in like science class. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. For those experiments or for any of your research and study, you need to have operational definitions, which really means precise definitions. So if you say you are measuring something, the person, the people you're working with, and the people who might replicate your study need to know how you're measuring it. So let's say we're measuring happiness. Well, how are you gonna do that? Are you measuring how many times someone smiles in the time they're observing them? Or are you measuring how many likes they get on Instagram? Are you measuring how many A's they get in school? What is that measure to show you how happy they are? And you have to kind of take it deeper too. Like, what is a smile? Like, are you showing your teeth? Are you like kind of laughing when you smile? Are you, and like, then you have to think about too, like some people don't smile the same. So you have to be specific in that too. You have to be specific in, you said likes on Instagram. Um, what was the other one you said? Ease in class. Yeah, ease in class. Okay, no, that's not. But if, if you were trying to decide um, if somebody had a lot of friends and if that made them happy, are, what does a friendship look like? Are mm -hmm. they like friends? Or are they acquaintances? Are they people that they only talk to in a certain class? Or are they people that they see outside of school too? So you have to be, it's, it's really, like you said, precise definition, super specific definitions. And part of why we need those and what can help us look at how specific we're going to get is our questions of why we why we need them. First, we need them to be valid, right? Did the researchers actually measure what they intended to measure? So if we're looking at happiness and someone measures how many likes you get on Instagram, is that actually measuring your happiness? Is that actually what the psychologists found or did they just find how many people were on Instagram that day? Next one's all you. Sorry. <laughs> to replicate it? Oh, come on. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it. Just try. Try. wonderful and I don't think we ever need to say it ever again oh, perfect because I won't <laughs> um, to it needs to be able to be replicated if someone else wants to repeat your experiment or replicate it in whatever way they need to be able to do that and in order to do that you need to have operational definitions so going back to like to test somebody's happiness or to measure somebody's happiness if you say like oh they smiled three times today and it's like okay but then what is that smile like what does that look like um and then to be general about something so do you want to take a 
Yeah, you want to know that the findings can be generalized to the whole population, not just a small group of people. So if we say, we're going to switch up our example here. We're, look, we're studying how many people think I'm awesome. If you're like... I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Wow, she really came for me there. And I was about to come for myself. Because if you think, like, oh, this could be generalized to the whole population, everyone thinks Miss Sider is awesome. But then you find out that the only people that were studied was was my family. Not not able to generalize that to everyone else in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Well, no, you are awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, and then this last one. Okay, I think I said it wrong today. Can you just say it? Dissemination. Oh, I was right. Oh, that doesn't happen. Okay, dissemination. Researchers want other people to know how to apply the knowledge from the experiment. We need to know how we're going to use it. Yep. And how to use it. So that's really all that is. Absolutely. And then that's really it. That's really it. Yeah. Yeah. So we did domains. We got jobs. Talked about research. Yep. And uh, trying to think, how can we summarize this? There's two different types of overall research. They break into various subfields. Yep. Got basic and applied research. And then there's different types of research methods. We got three main ones. They are. Don't try to place the research methods into basic or applied Mm, mm -hmm. because they can be used for either. Yes. So there's there's no you don't that's not other categories we have to fill out. Well, because basic research you need basic research in order to use applied research. Exactly. Complete applied research, but you don't need basic research or you don't need applied research in order to complete basic research. Right. So I would say I guess you could, yeah. Don't use a tree example. That would be terrible. Um, but yeah, so you can, there are three different types of research methods. We have um, d- d- descriptive, wow, I already forgot. <laughs> descriptive, correlational, yeah, and descriptive. experimental. I just like totally like had a brain freeze. Yeah, so descriptive, and under descriptive research, there's case studies, surveys, and then naturalistic observations, correlational, and then there's experimental research. And then yep. operational definitions are so important in all of them. Super important. And uh, that's it. That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. See you later. You made it. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Happy studying. studying.